0: 995 gold that's 833995 gold 833995 g o l d
1: More than a movie is back with season 2 I'm your host Alex Fumero and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from The Godfather Andy Garcia He has the smarts of Vito the temper of Sonny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael Welcome in, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck in NYC, my main man, Clay Travis, out in Nashville, Tennessee. Blue state, red state, covering the whole country here with all of you. Thanks for being with us. We definitely want to get to your calls today. It is Open Line Friday. The great tradition continues. 800-282-2882. We're going to be talking a lot about the uh, Vax mandate today, and perhaps if you have some insight from what it's like where you are or what you're facing and if you're a business owner, if you're an employee. Curious to hear from all of you on that. Uh, We've also got the Biden job numbers in today. About uh, 199,000 and they were expecting 400,000. So, about a 50% swing and a miss. So, Biden went on TV to do the usual you know, America's confused grandpa routine of, oh, there weren't uh, empty shelves in Christmas, so be quiet, peasants. You haven't run out of milk and bread yet. You know, this is, this is the, uh, Biden explanation for everything these days. It could be worse. It could be worse. Uh, we will certainly be discussing that. And then, of course, the aftermath. Clay and I were both just f- kind of flabbergasted, but not surprised at the same time, I suppose, by the absurdity of the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, comparing Jan 6 to, and look, we're, we're at Jan 7 and does, does anyone even care what was said yesterday? Did it mean anything? No, of course not. It was just for CNN anchors to go on a self righteousness parade for a few hours, and the New York Times to you know to cry more about how every day is Jan 6. But the biggest thing that's happened in the last 24 hours, and it just really and it just really went on this morning. So right before Clay and I came on air with you, has to do with the federal OSHA vaccine mandate for companies with over 100 employees there's a lot of moving pieces here a lot of moving parts just the basics there's been a request for a stay which would stop the enforcement the supreme court heard today oral arguments has not as we speak you and clay correct me if i'm uh out of the timeline here at all has not made a determination about that will probably take a couple of days it sounded like to make a determination about the stay and then we'll find out about final merits in june Clay, there's a lot of things going on here. Constitutional issues, uh, what, what works as a matter of public health, federalism, states' rights, federal government, OSHA mandate, all this stuff. The most stunning thing today was that some of these Supreme Court justices, and I'm just going to say it, the libs who love the mandate, Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, particularly, I mean, Sotomayor might as well have a vaccine necklace on like uh, Governor Hochel of New York. I mean, she clearly is a true believer. They don't know what the heck they're talking about when it comes to COVID. Give give folks some of what, I, what I'm I'm not, I'm not exaggerating at all. It's stunning how wildly ignorant of the COVID reality the libs on the corridor right now.
0: So let me give a little background, Buck, because I, I was disgusted by you can have whatever opinion you want on whether OSHA's uh, administrative abilities extend to mandating the COVID vaccine. I disagree with that expansive of a reading of a federal agency, but that is a legal opinion that you can have. We can argue about that as lawyers. We can argue about that as citizens. That is a valid perspective. But every opinion is founded in facts. And Justice Sotomayor in particular, although Breyer and Kagan were not very good either, But Justice Sotomayor doesn't understand the most basic elemental aspects of COVID. couple of things that she got 1 billion percent wrong. She said that Omicron was as deadly as the Delta variant. Even if you watch MSNBC, Buck, even if you watch exclusively CNN, even if you only read the New York Times, that is widely untrue based on all available data right now. In fact, Omicron is widely regarded by virtually every expert from Dr. Fauci to Dr. Marty McCari, who we're going to talk to later today. They all agree that Omicron, fortunately, is less virulent than Delta. So she's 100% wrong on that. But this data point was staggering. And we're going to play the audio for you. Do we have it yep. now? Listen to this. Justice Sotomayor The wise Latina, as she liked to call herself, says as a part of this question that there are 100,000 kids severely ill with covid right now. Listen to this.
3: Omicron is as deadly and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. The numbers look at the hospitalization rates that are going on. We have more affected people in the country today than we had a year ago in January. We have hospitals that are almost at full
1: capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in serious condition and many on ventilators. I mean, okay, Buck, Over a,
0: you know this and everybody out there listening to us right now. Of all of the COVID uh, fear porn, as I call it, that drives me the craziest, trying to scare parents is, I think, the least defensible of all. Because it goes directly into kids going in school. It goes directly into our, our ability to get back to normalcy. Buck, I bet there are not a 100 kids right now that are actually in serious condition from COVID at this point in time. COVID exclusively, right? Where they were otherwise healthy. I bet there aren't a hundred kids nationwide in serious condition. Sotomayor just said there was a hundred thousand. By the way, there's only a hundred and sixteen thousand people right now nationwide hospitalized with COVID. I say with because Buck, half those people are more are in hospitals for other reasons and they're just testing positive for COVID.
1: We heard these arguments for those who are listening to it this morning and it became very clear that the establishment, the lib establishment, if you will, which Kagan, Sotomayor and Breyer are certainly a part of and represent. And it's just so obvious. You you don't even have to know their voices. I mean, I do at this point. You do, Clay. But if if you listen in just based on the tone, depending on whether it is a uh, whether whether someone is making the case for the mandate or against it, you can tell from the tone of the judge. Who's speaking or or what side they're on right away. I mean, Justice Sotomayor, Kagan and Breyer don't hide their love for the big sweeping hand of government firing large numbers of people or or forcing them to get a shot. And keep in mind, one of the more interesting components of this was the timing of all of it. Right. Justice Breyer, again, to uh, he's lucky that Sotomayor exists because he seems less idiotic by comparison. (laughs) Right. So that's so he seems like maybe he knows something. He said that every day of delay for the implementation of this means 750,000 new cases. It's as though that the libs that are making these decisions, and I'm sure the Biden administration goes along with all this, too, don't understand that the vaccine mandate as a means of stopping the spread is an enormous failure, an obvious failure of epic proportions. And they haven't adjusted the rhetoric. They haven't adjusted the thinking at all. I mean, 700. He seems to suggest or he does suggest he seems to think Breyer, Supreme Court justice, that if only, Clay, we had this Biden OSHA mandate tomorrow and it was enforced tomorrow, COVID would go away, go to zero. These people are living in a delusion and they're not just random folks that we're picking on. This is who is making these determinations. This is who's de- deciding you have to mask up on a plane or you have to get a shot before you go into your workplace. New York City vaccine mandate. In effect. I am in a vaccine mandated city for work right now. They have adjusted nothing based on what we've learned about the vaccines working, not working. And so I think it was Alito Clay. And you can correct me, I, you know, because we have to remember which one was speaking, listening in real time. I think Alito was essentially saying, but you guys have waited and you're going to wait until February before you even enforce it. So yeah. it's so urgent that you have to blow out all precedent. And, and this is the first time ever. And, the you know, this fierce urgency of now. But you're waiting a few months before you implement it. How does that work?
0: It, Buck, there's so many things that that, that, that that I want to say. I'm trying to think of how to organize it. One right here, to me, structurally. Every justice has four brilliant Supreme Court clerks who are supposed to be preparing them for every case. This is a situation where, for instance, with Sotomayor, with Breyer, and uh, with Kagan, I would love to know the -the behind-the-scenes preparation that these justices actually did. Buck, you and I work really hard to get ready for our show every day. And no matter what industry you work in, there are a lot of people who mail it in. Who don't prep, who don't really know all the facts, who don't come to their job and deliver the best possible version of their labor that they could. I am insulted that we only have nine Supreme Court justices. As an American, that Justice Sotomayor, Breyer, and Kagan could be this poorly informed about basic facts surrounding covid For a case of this monumental importance, I want to know how much prep did they actually do? Where did Justice Sotomayor get that 100,000 kids are in serious condition right now with COVID fact? How did that get put into her brain such that she was comfortable sharing it in a courtroom like she
1: was? How can we how does that happen? And how could you trust the judgment? These are judges, right? The most powerful ones in the country. How can you trust the judgment of someone who is so ill acquainted with the most basic facts and and in fact has such an exaggerated sense of what's really going on in the country right now? All of this is premised upon the Biden regime convincing people that this OSHA mandate is going to have an enormously positive outcome and it's going to basically stop covid. We're in the midst of keep in mind, they're not going to enforce it until I think February 10th is what they said today during the arguments. That's when the actual vaccine or test component goes into effect. We're going to be on the downslope of covid already by then, by March or April, Hopefully, probably, hopefully, yeah. by March or April, April, we'll be in a place where at least historically look at the seasonality of it. It'll be in substantial reduction. So. We have people today that are making determinations about the shot, Clay, who don't understand the very basics of what's happening with COVID in America right now. And beyond that, it's not about getting the shot for March. You're going to have to get the shot again next fall and again three months after that, which they didn't even deal with today, that this is effectively a forever regime. And that's why the constitutional issues are so important.
0: There's no doubt. And I want to when we come back in the next segment, um, I want to share a story that I think kind of conceptualizes where we are and how this could end up where the Supreme Court has this kind of power. By the way, we're going to talk with Shannon Bream, uh, who is Fox News's legal correspondent, does fantastic work. She's going to be with us in the third hour. And I'm curious. I don't know if he was listening or not, Buck, what Dr. Marty McCurry would think about what he heard from the justices as they made their uh, questions pertinent here as to whether or not the vaccine mandate is going to be allowed to continue. I would love to hear what he thinks as well to the extent that he's paid any attention to it. Uh, in the meantime, Mike Lindell is the inventor of my pillow and his team. Well, they fit us for our own pillows and introduced us to their ever growing list of incredible products. Products like pillows that started it all, towel sets, slippers, robes, mattress toppers, Giza sheets on top of many more. I got to tell you, my wife wears these my slippers everywhere. She bought them for every single one of her friends, her running buddies. Everybody's got them. And I got to tell you, I've got my, uh, my pillow on all the beds, but also the sheets. They're fantastic. Made from the world's best cotton. Giza, ultra soft, breathable, also durable. Any color and style, pretty much that you could possibly
1: want, you can find online. Buck, how do people get hooked up? For a limited time, the Giza Dream sheets are buy one, get one free, which is an amazing deal. I, I honestly have three pairs of Giza Dreams at home just for me. All you have to do is use promo code Buck. That's buy one, get one free on the Giza Dream sheets with promo code Buck. All my pillow products come with a 60 day money back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener specials to get the Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free with code clay and buck. Or just call this number, 800 792 3269. That's 800 792 3269.
0: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time,
2: 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look. And HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com.
1: That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you.
0: Go to puretalk.com slash Clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're talking about the disgraceful... I thought questioning factual inaccuracies. We've got more. Uh, We talked about the fact that Justice Breyer said every day we delay means 750,000 more cases of COVID as if if you had everybody vaccinated, there would be no COVID. Again, just to reiterate, 95% of people 65 and up have had at least one shot. 86% of all people 18 and up. The reason why covid cases are skyrocketing is because the vaccine doesn't, at least with Omicron, it's even worse, but it hasn't at all for every variant. It doesn't keep you from getting or spreading the virus. Yet here is Justice Breyer spreading more inaccuracies himself about covid. Listen, the
1: numbers I read is when they issued this order, there were approximately 70 something thousand new cases every day. And yesterday, there were close to 750,000. So if we delay it a day, and if it were to have effect, then 750,000 more people will have COVID, who otherwise, if we didn't delay it, wouldn't have. I mean, I don't doubt the power of the court to issue a stay. I'm just saying, what are the consequences of that? And if I'm wrong, you better tell me I'm wrong. Because uh, I, I thought that it really did make a difference. He's wrong. Oh, my and, God. And I mean, Clay and I are looking at each other as this audio is being played. I remember where I, I it was actually one of those moments where you're listening to something. You say that can't be. He didn't just like th- th- I had to go back and check and see in the transcript. Clay, is Justice Breyer? Is he just not very smart? I know he's Supreme Court. We're supposed to think, does he really believe that they could shut down all cases in a day with a vaccine mandate on on businesses over 100? Does he not read the newspaper? Does he not have Internet access? Well, how is it possible?
0: First of all, yes,
1: I I (laughs) think it's possible
0: that he's just that he's just totally clueless. Now, I've got a little story that I'm going to share with you from law school that I think would bring this home. But does he not realize, I mean, for everybody out there, like you don't get the vaccine and immediately the vaccine works. You have to get a couple of shots. We're talking about a multi-week process the way that Justin Br- Justice Breyer is thinking about this is like you're turning a faucet on or you're turning a faucet off. If his conception of vaccination worked, then the vaccine would immediately uh prevent all infection, which is just 100 percent not true. And here's a story for you, Buck. I don't think I've told this story on this show before, but when I was in law school, uh, my law school professor, Rebecca Brown, great con law professor, she had been a former Supreme Court clerk. And for people out there who don't understand, the Supreme Court clerkship is the absolute pinnacle of the law school achievement. There are only 36 every year. They're incredibly difficult to get. We had one person get a Supreme Court clerkship out of my class at Vanderbilt. Um, and it, it is for the greatest and most esteemed of the law students that you would get this opportunity. So she's very well reasoned. She says they were debating cases. One night late at the Supreme Court. I believe she worked with Justice Souter. Uh, They ordered pizza. The Supreme Court justices were not aware that you could order pizza and have it delivered to your homes. These are all a bunch of old people. As they were eating, Justice Souter walked in, looked at the pizza and said, what is that on top of the pizza? Is that a tomato? One of the clerks said, no, those are pepperonis. That's a really popular thing to put on top of a pizza, judge. She used that as an illustration of how out of touch and cerebral and removed justices can be from the real world when it comes to actually comprehending
1: things like abortion or evidently vaccination. The, the, the libs on the court have an almost like childlike understanding of the realities of covid right now. It was stunning to hear it today. It was really, really unsettling. A lot of very smart, well-informed investors choose to put a portion of their savings into real gold. They make purchases of gold and take physical possession of it, storing it safely and securing it away. Gold has been a good source of protection for the value of your overall savings and wealth. Just look at history. I rely on the Oxford Gold Group to deliver the gold that I've bought to my home. Having it delivered is a great sense of satisfaction. Right when it arrives, you can actually hold it, feel it in your hands and know you've got it. Buying gold is not complicated. My friends at the Oxford Gold Group will help you, help you through the whole thing. Just call them right now. 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-GOLD. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show on this Friday. Thanks for being here with us. I guess we're all still recovering from all the January 6th ceremony of yesterday. They had candlelight vigils. They had people acting as though this was something that we should commemorate every every year. And, and of course, to what end also? What's the reminder supposed to be? All Republicans are bad. Donald Trump is worse than Hitler. I mean, what is, what is the takeaway supposed to be of this? There was a lot of focus on... Kamala Harris's comment, a speech comment, by the way, not an off-the-cuff remark. Yes. A scripted comment written for her by someone else where she compared uh, the January 6th insurrection to 9-11. Jen Psaki had to try to do a little bit of, uh, of cleanup on this one, of course, as she is always having to do for this administration. Here she is. I would first say that um, as the president also said in his remarks, uh, you know, when if we look back to some very difficult moments in our history back in 1861, there were no Confederate flags being being waved uh, in the Capitol
3: Uh, in very dark moments in our history. There were not people storming our nation's capital, uh, trying to take over the office and even threaten the Speaker of the House. Um, So uh, instead of, for those who are being critics of the Vice President's remarks, I think instead of focusing on or analyzing comparisons of moments in history, I would suggest that they be a part of uh, solving the threat to democracy that occurs today, that is happening today.
1: What is that threat to democracy today, Clay? First of all, what the heck are they talking about?
0: Well, first of all, if you have a written speech that all of the brain trust of the White House chose to put into a teleprompter for the vice president to read, it is not over exaggeration to analyze what the vice president said. And when she said that January 6th was comparable to uh, 9-11 or Pearl Harbor, that is... An insanely ludicrous, absurdly stupid comment to make. And so it deserves to be analyzed and critiqued. Moreover, th- this Confederate flag in the, uh, in the, in the rotunda or wherever it was, somebody walking through Statuary Hall, that didn't happen because we fought a civil war. If the Confederacy could have done that, they would have. But that was an actual war. That was. If you study history at all, in 1864, Abraham Lincoln went out to the parapets of all of the forts that were defending Washington, D.C., and Jubal Early's invading Confederate Army was within eyesight of the Capitol Dome. The reason why they didn't go into Washington, D.C. was because it was ringed with protection. Those were armed men who were in a war. Comparing someone who decides to walk into the Capitol, I guarantee you that there have been a bunch of people who have worn Dukes of Hazard t-shirts in the Capitol with the General Lee uh, uh, car on the front of it with the Confederate flag. I guarantee you the Confederate flag has been worn many times inside of the Capitol because that is not in any way a historical analogy that is making sense either. These people, these people in the Biden White House, lack all comprehension of history, and they are constantly trying to lecture us, Buck, you, me, and everyone listening to us right now, that we are on the wrong side of history. Let me just ask you this. How many times has the right side of history ended up being the group that is insisting on canceling people, on canceling books, on canceling debate? The book burners never win. That's what the
1: Democrats are right now. That's what the left wing is. It was embarrassing yesterday watching them try to make this a much bigger thing than it actually was it's embarrassing but the democrats are actually not capable of shame and it's quite clear that this really does all turn into very quickly a stop trump from running again or at least make it so unpalatable for the gop that maybe trump wouldn't even win again in a primary. that's People don't have to call in and say, "I'm saying that's the goal of the Democrats." Whether it would work or not, based upon this, is is a is a different uh, different judgment, different conversation. But that's what they're trying to do with this. And uh, you know, you have people going around trying to pretend that this is not explicitly political. Oh, wait, no, no. One more before we move on. You pointed this one out to me, Clay. Speaking of historical ignorance, I, I actually hold the position, having spent a fair amount of time. You know, with uh, with and around people at CNN, for example, that a lot of uh, the most well-known journalists, particularly TV journalists, are deeply stupid and don't know very much about anything. (laughs) And that if they could have been a success, if they were honestly, if they could have been successful actors or if they were good enough at math to work at a hedge fund, they would have done something else. But this is kind of what they're relegated to. They were, you know, they were B students from second tier schools who now get to be at kind of the cool kid journal table in D.C., so to speak. And there's Chuck Todd, who I think needs a bit of a history lesson. Here he
3: is. The election, the peaceful transfer of power, something that since the Civil War we have never argued about. We have never had a disagreement about, actually, since the founders. he yeah, is Lincoln's
1: election was more accepted.
3: Exactly. Exact, uh, as <laughs> I was just thinking about that, yes. even in the Civil War, we did not disagree with was, the passing of Congress. I mean, Clay people, is jumping out of his seat just I, for everybody I, at home.
0: I mean, that is so insanely stupid. Okay, first of all, we have had many elections which were wildly divisive. This is off the top of my head. I'm not sitting and looking at a history book. I didn't prepare it because I didn't even know that somebody was that stupid on television as Chuck Todd and whoever he was talking to. In 1860, when Abraham Lincoln was elected, Buck, the South seceded. That's a pretty strong side that they did not actually legitimize him as president. Maybe, maybe I missed it, but I don't think anybody seceded when Joe Biden got elected. And I believe it was 1824, the House of Representatives had to decide the election. And it was wildly controversial. And I believe 1876, we had a disputed series of electors that were sent uh, to Washington, D.C., and we had a massive dispute over who was going to be the president in 1876. Literally, states sent dueling electors to Washington, D.C. That's just off the top of my head. The idea that what happened in 2020 was in some way outside the bounds of normal democratic process, it was wildly, wildly more calm than what happened in 1824, what happened in 1860, and what happened in 1876. Just off the top of my head, if I'm not getting that perfect, I apologize, but that is so insanely stupid of what Chuck Todd and whoever his idiot guest was, they don't even have a basic conception of American history. It was, it was, it was Andrea
1: Mitchell, speaking of. Andrea a, Mitchell, what, of what an imbecile She is at best. Yeah. Not, not somebody. Someone who's very famous in TV journalism because, you know, boomers have been watching her on TV for a long time, has never said anything interesting or worthwhile in all the time that I've seen her on television. Uh, it's an, an know, embarrassing it's, historical illiteracy, their entire conversation
0: that aired there. Of course.
1: But, but this is just a reminder for everybody that it, it doesn't matter how silly it is, to somebody who's well acquainted with history and has some understanding of context. This was all about creating a narrative that can be used to just move the needle a little bit in favor of the Democrats in the midterms. And uh, you've got Liz Cheney out there who, you know, look, it's a a shame. It's a shame what's happening with some of these Republicans. I, I actually feel sorry, Clay, whether it's someone in politics or in the media when you, when you switch over and become a tool for the other side, and then you have to do the whole, I'm the principled one. It's like you're helping the people that want to essentially destroy everything that you say you've stood for, for in some cases decades, you switch over. I mean, here's Liz Cheney saying that the committee investigating Jan 6th is not just trying to stop Donald Trump. Of course not. not- it sounds like, Congresswoman, that the goal of the committee perhaps is to go after Trump's inner circle and prevent the former president from running for president again. Is that a fair assessment of the goal?
3: No, the goal of the committee is what I said. We are a, a committee of Congress. Our responsibility is legislative purpose to determine what laws we have in place, what additional laws we might need to prevent an attack like that from ever happening again. You know, the peaceful transfer of power is fundamental to the survival of our republic. Yeah, and okay. we, we, we don't need the rest of the lecture. Ensure.
1: Clay, there's no law that's going to be passed. There's no law that needs to be passed. That would have stopped this or that, that she's just being disingenuous. This is just a political charade at this point. And this is There's meant no to have. And, and so don't lie to us. I just this is what we keep seeing, whether it's on, you know, Fauci and the, and the apparatus of covid or the Jan six insurrection. And it's it's not an insurrection. And the fact that they use that term is really all you need to know. Listening to this out there. But why lie to us? Liz? If you're the principled one, tell us the truth. You don't like Trump. You don't like his supporters, and you want to try to harass, intimidate, and smear his inner circle. This isn't about preventing the next insurrection. We're not all idiots. What about the huge line of Democrats
0: trying to shake Dick Cheney's hand? I mean, you want to talk about oh an my upside gosh. down world. I mean, suddenly Dick Cheney is like the Republican they love? I mean, it's absolute insanity. By the way, so many Americans, Buck, are suffering from chronic pain because of aging, exercise, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living. Sad to think they're not able to live a full life. For many, one solution after another's tried. And... Oftentimes, they just don't work. That's why you need Relief Factor. Created by doctors, perfected over 15 years of scientific research. Relief Factor made for you. You won't find it in the drugstore, but you'll find it available directly from Relief Factor. Four key ingredients, 100% drug-free product, addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered it, and about 70% of them go on to order
1: more. How, Buck, do people get signed up? Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only 19.95, go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to get the 19.95 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call this phone number 800. The number four relief Relief Factor. Feel the difference.
0: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time,
2: 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com.
1: That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you.
0: Go to puretalk.com slash Clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us buck i'm still fired up about the stupidity of chuck todd and andrea mitchell there you know they had to sneak abraham lincoln into washington dc after his election with bodyguards because there were so many threats on his life in addition to the fact that the south was seceding because they were unhappy about his election i don't
2: unhappy i they. think yes. yeah yeah unhappy
0: yeah uh i don't think i'm gonna i'm gonna call out chuck todd and Andrea Mitchell, for one of the dumbest comments uh, made on television this year. The idea that Joe Biden and his election was questioned more than Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, not not really buying in with that argument. But this just goes with the amount of lies that are fed to us that we are supposed to accept. We were texting last night, Buck, and you sent me. I mean, we talked about on the show (laughs) yesterday the fact that there was going to be a candlelight vigil, right? Uh, for to memorialize January 6th, by the way, the only person who died on January 6th is Ashley Babbitt. So I guess I should thank the Democrats for having a candlelit service in her honor. But when you look at that and you look at the Hamilton, Lynn manuel Miranda writing a, a memorial song for Jan- January 6th, I I just sit back, Buck, and and a big part of me thinks that politics is oftentimes just don't do anything stupid right? Just don't, just be normal. JBN, just be normal. I talk to my kids, hey, just be normal. Uh, Everybody out there who's trying to date a girl, you want advice, just be normal. Don't do stupid stuff, right? Just be normal. There's no director of common sense anymore in American politics. Because if there were, Buck, what would you have said if the Democrats had come to you and they had said, hey, for part of our January 6th memorial, we're thinking about having Lin-Manuel Miranda write a special song And also, we're going to have a candlelit vigil. Wouldn't you say, regardless of what your politics are, you're going to look like complete imbecilic losers if you do that and you're going to be ridiculed to the high heavens? Common sense is so uncommon in Washington that nobody has that light bulb go off and thinks, are we going to look incredibly stupid when we do this?
1: They're utterly shameless. And I I would just say as well, I, I refused to go, cause it was so expensive and I didn't want to support it. The, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda Hamilton. So I watched it on, I think it was on Netflix or on YouTube. I can't remember. Disney I Plus some of put it. it on, I think. It, right? and, and it's, and it's terrible. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm here to say, and I know you're not, like, you're not allowed to say this. It is not. Good. And ever get mad at me or whatever. I'm allowed to have whatever opinions I want about art. And Hamilton, the Broadway play, is not good. And want to talk about a mass hysteria with COVID. There was like a mass hysteria about how everyone has to like Hamilton. Everybody, a lot of conservatives were saying how good it was. Hamilton was trash. Not worth seeing.
0: I didn't, I didn't dislike Hamilton. I'll oh say my, God, Travis. No, the, the line that you're sharing, do you watch Succession? Did you see where they had like a, a scene in Succession in season three where the guy was like, what kind of crew is this? And he was like, this is the room where you can admit you don't actually like Hamilton, which it, which was like a drop dead funny line from season three of Succession. Uh, so I went and saw the Broadway play, but I will say this.
1: Well, you actually paid to see the Broadway play? I went
0: solo. I went solo and sat like in the Abraham Lincoln box. I wanted to see it. I hadn't seen it before. I was in New York. I was by myself doing something for Are work. Are
1: there pro-Hamilton tweets, Travis, if we go no, back? I, I
0: don't think. But no, the tweet that I sent afterwards, which immediately struck me, was I, I thought to myself, what if they did a musical version of Barack Obama's uh, 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 presidency and they had white people playing the role of uh, Michelle or Barack Obama? What would the reaction be? I mean, it would obviously that would never, people, hap- they never would happen. They would burn. A years. They would burn down the Broadway stage, right? So I'm fine. Whatever race people want to play, but that was the funniest thing to me was I was watching it. My first thought was, what if they did a country and western version of the Barack yeah. Obama presidency, and like Faith Hill played Michelle Obama, and Barack Obama was played by I don't know Blake Shelton. People would look, like. Can you just imagine? Yeah, of course. Like that. The idea is so funny. But I'm just. am like, still stuck on. That's that. what stood, that. The, I I did not hate. I'm still I,
1: stuck on the Hamilton propaganda. I like the not, King George the Third good. character. I thought he was good. pretty funny. I don't know. It's just a lot of a lot of bad rapping going on, you know. And I actually grew up listening to a fair amount of hip hop as a New Yorker. A lot of bad rapping going. On. I thought. I thought. I thought Hamilton was honestly one of the most I'm trash anti- things I've ever seen. Here's on what Broadway. I would say. I am almost
0: 100% anti musical. I hate musicals. I I have been my wife has taken me to musicals for years. Every time they sing, I say nobody actually sings in my head. I don't say it actually out loud. I like stories. I love movies. I obviously love to read, but as soon as people start to sing, First of all, I can't pay attention. Maybe I've got so wait, some so sort you, of brain issue. So you like issue.
1: Hamilton, but you don't like the great no. classics of Broadway musicals. I hate You're, all.
0: I hate in general uh, all musicals. Among the musical categories, I was Hamilton was one of the better musicals that I had seen. Uh, this is. What I, do you love? You love musicals? I don't
1: love musicals. I just know that Hamilton is among the worst. So, but what's is, what is your favorite seen. musical? <laughs> My favorite musical. Let me think. What I've seen. I've seen. Uh, I think I saw Forty Second Street a long time ago. Is one of the one like of the I've classics. seen all these things. Guys I and saw, dolls. You know, I, I like the Cats. classics,
0: Travis. I saw Phantom of the Opera. I saw you know Les Miserables. Yeah, I saw like Les Mis.
1: You'll tell you, you what Les Mis isn't better than than uh,
0: Hamilton. I'm anti singing in plays, I just want the straight acting, baby. Don't fake me out with the songs. I just want to act like a Greek a Greek tragedy, Greek yeah, comedy, I'm like, like Greek Euripides, Eumenides. I, I liked death, death of a Salesman, I thought was fantastic really good i just don't like people moving around dancing and singing i clay's want a, a real story clay's
1: a sophocles guy he doesn't like all they, that all that they singing and just, hooting and hollering in my
0: entire life nobody's ever sang me a story before in the middle of a conversation yeah, if I don't we like, don't
1: get to break soon i'm gonna start singing a story we got a big second hour come your way folks 800-282-2882 on those lines stick around